0: Welcome to another episode of Ordinary Disciples Doing Extraordinary Things podcast, where we inspire everyday Christians to follow their passion and use their giftings to serve Jesus. Today, I have a really special guest with me. It is my mom, Linda Hartsfell. Welcome, mom. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so honored that you are on with me today to talk to people about some seasons of your life. Um, But before we get started, maybe tell people a little bit about yourself.
1: What's your background? What's your story? What's my story? My story is very uh, special because I feel like God caught me when I was a little kid. Mm. My mother, who had Baptist background grandparents, allowed me to go to this club because a Baptist church said it was okay for me to go. So I went to this club after school and I heard about Jesus and I responded. And I just really sensed, you know, from that moment on, I really sensed God's hand on my life. How old do you think you were? Oh, like second grade, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of young. I went home and told my mother and she thought, wow, what foolishness are they teaching her? (laughs) no she just let me go Mm. anyway um so later when i was in oh many things happened in between my mom became a christian because an aunt and uncle moved from canada to maine and they started taking us to church and then i grew as a christian understood a little bit more what happened to me but in middle school is when i really felt a call on my life to be a missionary i was reading my bible one day and i was reading the story about jesus sending out everybody two by two and i just thought wow i don't know just i felt mm-hmm. like the voice of god said to me i want you to be one of those kind of people yeah and then then i thought oh am i gonna go by myself or am i gonna go married so that was all it was a struggle when he sent him out two by two am i taking this literally anyway that's just funny piece <laughs> So I met my husband, yes, in college and had a, a funny little, um, mm, mm, what I would say, get together because anyway, I liked him because he was so steady and, um, seemed like a nice stable guy. And I came from an alcoholic home and, you know, a little, a, a lot of upheaval. He was a PK. Anyway, um, So we eventually ended up going overseas to Asia as missionaries and was there for four years where you were born. Yeah. (laughs) Sister was born and um, just God really met me after two years of being there in a very unique and wonderful way of just bringing his presence into a prayer meeting. And uh, it just uh, changed my life uh, it was his presence was so bright it was brighter than lightning and just very awesome and holy and I just saw all of us going on our knees be prostrate before the Lord is that the right word prostrate mm-hmm. before the Lord yes. <laughs> and Jesus and, and the verse that went through my mind at the time which I didn't know then was at, at the name of Jesus every knee mm-hmm. will bow and that just really shook me. And it was like Jesus just became my psychologist from that point on. It was just a really big breaking point just opening me up. And just I, just over the years till this day, I'm still growing and learning about my background and how it influenced me and how I can live for Jesus, how I can uh, change and be transformed, not just live by rules, but be transformed mm-hmm. inside and probably two two books that have really uh, been very profound effect on me lately was one was Wendy Backlund's um, Victorious Emotion, which, which we've re- poured over the pages copiously. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've read it three or four or five times. I've been through it with several people and just finished going through it with another friend recently. Well, last fall, probably. Anyway, uh, just realizing that I'm such an emotional person and how my emotions affect me and um realizing that a lot of my emotions were not built on truths mm-hmm. and so constantly um filtering those and just finding god's stable stability in my life and his truth yeah and then the second book would be probably the gift of years by joan chittister and learning about what it's like to grow older. Mm. I'm 81, um, still adjusting to being older and just sifting through all of my own preconceptions and that grid that's there about older people and just finding new vitality for life. And probably, not a book, but the third thing that probably has given me life as an older person has been getting into making hug books and being creative and just really being able to pour my love into these hug books like so what's a hug book hug book is telling people or women mostly i've done it for a man um how special they are what they mean to me if it's a special person if it's generic then i'm just giving it to anybody that i might meet on the street or restaurant or whatever then it's more generic but when it's like for my grandchildren or my daughters then it's more specific so it's making people feel good about themselves and knowing that they're loved and giving special bible messages and um people are always challenging me to do different things and that that's good I'm coming up with some new ideas but I didn't really know that I was that creative I thought that was dead in me I thought I could decorate but not you know, do creative I was arts.
0: surprised at how you've taken to that creative activity. It's kind of like making a scrapbook, but yeah, no pictures, but it's more
1: messages and just creating colors. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember my friend Patty introduced me to, to art. She's very artistic and we were having this class at church and she wanted us to paint a picture. So I started painting the picture. Well, I finished it, and I thought, I hate this picture. And I just ripped it in two, shocked my friend Patty that I would do that, and I just said, I hate this. <laughs> so I've come a long way since wow. then.
0: That, that <laughs> was only nice. like
1: four or, five, four or five years ago. <laughs> She's um, hung in there with me and taught me a lot, and I taught probably taught her some things too. I've taught her how to cut pages like I like all of it. I like picking out the paper and I like cutting it and I like putting it together and I like putting the messages in. But she only likes the creative part of just putting that final page together and she comes up with new creative ideas. So that's her forte. But so I like make it a all. Good team. You make a good team then. Yeah.
0: So in you're fact, finding in
1: in a hug book. I cut out all her pages
0: <laughs> as a gift to her. I I remember that. I think I was there for part of that. So you found an activity even in your
1: um, later years that you never knew was inside of you. Yes. And then the other thing in my life was that I never wanted my mother to go into a nursing home. So I had the opportunity, which I never thought was going to happen because my mother is pretty stubborn, It comes down the line pretty good to all the grandchildren even but um so she did finally come live with me for three years and it was just really a pleasure to be able to take care of her but i learned a lot
0: yeah so that's one of the things i thought we could talk about today was just laying down your life in a season where there's just care required whether it's an illness or aging but you you had to adjust your life quite a bit, not mm-hmm. in a negative way, but you know you couldn't. There was seasons
1: where you couldn't really leave her alone, or right. Um, um, so yeah, just, I used to withdraw some from my activities, yeah. like singing in the choir. I just couldn't manage it all. And um, what I learned, I learned a lot about myself. I wish I could have changed some things, you know, and just be much more in connection with my mother, which I'm trying to change now that I'm taking care of my husband. Mm -hmm. And I learned that even sometimes I could get angry and walk away from it and maybe do a circle in the house or whatever, but I could come up with a creative idea. And that was the first time I ever thought, wow, God can even use my anger and give me some Mm -hmm. creative ideas. I didn't know he did that. I don't know if he does that for other people, but it works for me. Sometimes I just need to take a breath, you know, and walk away from a situation and come back at it fresh. It's not easy to take care of someone 24-7. Oh, I got frustrated because (laughs) it was so contradictory. Behavior is so contradictory sometimes from them, the people you're taking care of. So, how old was Grandma when you were taking care of her? Like Ooh, 89? 90s. in her nineties. Yeah, she died ninety four, and I took care of her for three years. So that was ninety one. Yeah, I just wish I had been a little, little more. I was, I was almost like a mother. I was thinking more of caring instead mm-hmm. of the emotional piece, which I'm trying to work on both now. So now here I am, eighty one, taking care of a husband who has had Parkinson's for eight years, no, close to 10 years, probably. Mm. But just had recently had an operation and it just kicks the Parkinson's into craziness. And, um, so he's recovering. And slowly, but surely. Right. And there's been changes, things I didn't expect, but I think probably one thing is to learn to laugh. To laugh with each other It's probably not meaningful to anyone else, but just your little jokes between each other and to maintain that friendship that there's just the closeness between you and you can laugh about crazy little things. And to appreciate maybe his jokes, even though they're not as sharp as what they might used to have been, Mm -hmm. because he's always been a jokester, very very corn drive jokes, but I always laughed at them. Yeah. I would forget even the punchlines and I they were always fresh to me because I'm not a joker. <laughs> I can tell jokes very well.
0: That's hysterical. <laughs> I never knew that.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the success of our marriage. No. Right.
0: They were fresh to you every time.
1: <laughs> and then there are just times, you know, when you lay in bed and you look at one another and something funny is said. I could think of one thing, but Dave told me never to tell anybody (laughs) it, so I won't tell it. But, you know, you just you get this crazy episodes that happen between you and just start laughing and you can't control it. Yeah. So times like that are so good for you. And then also I'm realizing that. My emotions sometimes aren't always the best and to give myself grace Mm -hmm. that maybe I am tired, like last night he didn't sleep and he was kind of hallucinating yesterday and so I was tired this morning he was still not good this morning when we got up later he had a little nap and he was better he's better now but I was you know not feeling good and I could be hard on myself like you know I should be on top of this I should be successful Mm -hmm. like the nurse came and I felt like I should be on top of everything and I just said to say okay I've got to write this down because today my brain is not working good. It's okay. I'm going to write this down. So I'll remember. So, you know, being a first child, I always like to be perfect as well. So <laughs> <laughs> there's always that expectation. Anyway, uh, so, you know, giving myself grace. Yeah. That I don't always have to be perfect. It's okay. And Sunday I was feeling kind of down, I think. And I had to recognize I'm a very social person and I've been in the house, even though daughter was there to visit last Thursday by Sunday. It's like, I felt so worthless. And like, I don't know, like I was really being hard on myself for the afternoon in the morning. And I realized all of a sudden, Oh, I'm a social person. I'm kind of tied down at the house. It's okay. I'm going to be okay. And I am okay. I don't have to, my emotions do not have to go down this road because I am okay. Mm-hmm. So that was victorious emotion philosophy and living right and, yeah
0: you were renewing your mind around that situation. renewing
1: my mind yes so you mentioned that
0: you you you're almost in a very unique position having now the privilege to take care of a second family member you can yeah. kind of learn from you know your quote-unquote mistakes from or things you wish you'd done differently with your when you were caring for grandma so how are yeah. you focusing on that connection with dad now that you have this kind of opportunity to care for someone all over
1: again yeah um when we first got married I didn't know how to take care of sick people because I wasn't ever sick when I was a kid I mean I I was just strong and I still am strong Mm -hmm. so Dave my husband Dave he had to teach me how to take care of sick people you know make jello for them make soup be nice give him a tissue blah 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 whatever it is things that were not normal for me were normal for him because he'd been the sickly kind of person all his life first of all his milk allergy right and he, they didn't know much about that then he has a pretty bad and, milk allergy yeah and he had um, a hernia when he was young so they had the operation What all that so anyway he was a sick kind of a kid so He taught me how to take care of sick people. So when I had mom, (laughs) I wasn't always very, you know, I don't even, we won't even get into how my children think about me taking care of them when they were sick. I don't even know what that is. But when I came to mom, (laughs) one time uh, we got up in the morning and and my granddaughter had given us a dog for her to have as company. So the dog had not been out. So my mother immediately went to the bathroom and the dog followed her. And for some reason that day, the dog would not come out from behind the toilet so I could take it out to peace. <laughs> so the more I tried, the more upset the dog got and the dog ended up peeing on the floor. And then my mother got upset mm. and she started crying. <laughs> she went to her bedroom and she just sat on the side of the bed. And I said, okay, mom, let's get dressed. And she said, Linda, I can't forget things like you can just leave me alone. And -hmm. so she just cried and cried and I just let her cry. I didn't go in and hug her, you know, I'm sorry, mom. I just thought it was all like, this is what needed to be done and we're gonna do it. So there was more of that mother care act kind of piece in there, not thinking about Mm -hmm. emotional Mm -hmm. needs. So now that come to my husband, When uh, I'm a much more sympathetic person with him than I was with my mother. And I know it's because of that experience. Mm -hmm. To calm him when he's feeling badly, when he's gagging. And, you know, my thing is to want to just leave him alone. But Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be left alone. Uh, Maybe I like to be left alone, but that's not how he likes. Mm -hmm. So to be there and give him a tissue. Wipe his face with a washcloth if he needs it, or just pat his back just to let him know I'm there. Right, Um, very important to him. So that's what I can think. I can think of other things like to try to let him be independent, but yet help when needed. And sometimes that's a really difficult balance. Yeah, Yeah. very difficult balance. It's you want to you want to help so they're not in danger, but yet. You got to give them the freedom to do a little bit dangerous thing (laughs) without hurting themselves. So, what do you think the balance, or
0: what do you think the biggest thing is that you've learned about Jesus, or that has changed in you as a result of
1: um, you know serving your family in this way? I serve my husband in every way that I do because of my love for Jesus. Otherwise, I think I'd be a a horrible person to live with. Mm. But because I love Jesus, and I think about his principles, his love for the Father, I want to please God, I want to praise and worship, I want to lead with a loving spirit. I want to live with a loving spirit. Yeah, I think when I had that episode back in Vietnam and Asia, that was probably the thing that started happening in me, that I realized that God loved me, not just the world. He really did Mm -hmm. love me. He cared about me. And just my journey ever since then has always been to love, to love, to love. In fact, the older I get, the more I realize that's the most important ingredient in life. Mm, loving. So true. I don't know if I always do it well. I try. But, yeah. You know, that's my goal. That's my purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah. we, We have core longings, you know, to be loved, to have purpose, to have significance, Um, all of those things come when you're following God's purpose, principles and truth and that loving peace. Love, love, love is so big.
0: Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story today. I know you're a little nervous, but it was fantastic. I think it'd be really fun to have you back on and talk about um, the encounter you had with God in Vietnam and how now that you you know, I don't know how many years ago that was, like,
1: oh boy, yeah, 40, 40 45, 19, 1971, probably, to have the, the, um,
0: you know, the ability to look back at your story, and see how God just weaved your story together, um, I think would be really fun for people to hear, especially if you're, you know, a little younger, you know, you don't know what it's like to live with God decade after decade and just see him like strategically put things together and bring you through healing and transformation is I think that's kind of fun about I'm 51 I think that's fun to have like you know several decades I can look back on and see how God's weaving my story you know yeah would you like to come back on again
1: (laughs) if you ask me I might okay (laughs) you can't say no Well, and I want to say, I think Victoria's emotion probably helped me um, think through these God encounters because of the 30 day journey that she encourages you to go through. And I've done it several times, three or four times that you look over God encounters and you have the you take the time to say, okay, this was an encounter you gave me. What am I to learn from it? What were you trying to show me? And there's so much more. Yeah. Than what you ever thought was there. So, this is
0: almost a mini infomercial for the book. So, let's it's Victorious <laughs> Emotion by Wendy Backlin. She and her husband are at Bethel Reading. It's a fantastic book. I'm actually going through it right now with a oh. friend who was like, Hey, would you like to do a book together? And I said, Look at Victorious Emotions, because I will do that book with you. <laughs> I, like you, have done that 30-day journey multiple times, yeah. and yeah. I, I, I'm i looking forward to doing it again, because it comes at the end of reading the chapters, so yeah, I'll yeah. probably be doing that by November or December. It's such a rich, rich experience.
1: Well, thank you for asking me, Anita. You did a good job. You look beautiful. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank
0: you, mom. And thank you, everyone. We'll be, stay tuned for another episode in a couple of days.